High School Slumber Party AP is a Cage Club Podcast Network production. For all things Cage Club and High School Slumber Party, head over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Welcome, slumberers who take their studies a little more seriously. I'm Brian Rodriguez. And I'm Iceland Addington. And this is High School Slumber Party AP, a study session in contemporary teen films. Your assignment today was to watch 2019's Tall Girl. And Iceland, we have our first guest today. We do. Uh, my, oh goodness, my friend Jane. Um, I went to graduate school with Jane. We got our PhDs within a year of each other. And um, she uh, not only is a gorgeous tall woman, but she studied very tall and very short men and women for her dissertation. So uh, she's the perfect guest to talk about Tall Girl with us. I'm so excited to talk to Jane, but before we get to her, we do have some homework to discuss. As always, yes, the homework is, is ongoing. It's so important. Please hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening to us right now. Could be Google Podcasts, could be Apple Podcasts, could be Spotify, could be Stitcher, could be a new and emerging uh, podcast collection site. I don't know, but subscribe. <laughs> subscribe on all of them. Why not? Subscribe, 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 and of course, participate. Because class participation is a huge part of your grade. So follow High School Slumber Party, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And speaking of class participation and just the participation of the people you know, last time, Island, we talked Kid 90. Did you have any feedback that you heard from our Kid 90 episode? I did. I did. I got a text from my good friend, Shelly. Hello, Shelly. And she was listening and in the in the episode, I referenced how a friend of mine had given me a little bit of a content warning uh, about some of the um, more difficult issues that Kid 90 gets into. And that led me to say, hey, there should have been a content warning on this. And I said, my friend, I didn't, but I didn't say uh, their name. I don't know why. And so um, when Shelly listened to it, she, she said, I was thinking, that's me. I'm the friend. And so I wanted to give her the official shout out I failed to before. Thank you, Shelly. Thank you, Shelly. Always Shelley. keeping me on the right track. How about you? Well, that's awesome. Our social media got a, a lot of hits for Kid 90. I, I was, I don't want to say surprised, but I was happy. I was, you know, I love the participation. Um, some good comments. A lot of people, Sully Moon Fry fans. So, whereas, not, not that we were not fans of Sully Moon Fry, but uh, she's in a lot of other people's wheelhouses and clearly she was getting the support and the love. Um, I'm just reading one comment now by Lizard Queen 666 said, such a great cast and movie. It's so sad what happened to Jonathan Brandeis, though. It was sad what happened to Jonathan Brandeis. But yeah, I was uh, happy to see that a lot of people, I know, you know, we didn't think it was maybe the greatest documentary ever. It kind of answered a question we had 
um, about like if you were more in the Soleil Moon Fried, I don't want to say generation, but whatever. If era? You, yeah. Era, yes, era. Like, would you enjoy it more? And I think the answer was yes for a lot of people. So interesting. Yeah, definitely glad we talked about it. But of course, there is also another homework assignment. Every time we chat, Aislinn, and I assign you a high school movie that we've already covered on High School Slumber Party, OG, just so you can give us what the AP, you know, uh, opinion of it is. Um, you've already seen some interesting films and given me your take, but this one was a big one that I wanted you to watch because it was one of the biggest ones that had happened in the last five years in the, in the teen film genre. You had seen To All the Boys I Loved Before. You got to see the sequel with your guy in it. So To All the Boys, P.S. I Love You. What did you think? It was fun. I, um, you're right. My uh, Jordan Fisher, who I happen to have a lot of trivia about, uh, <laughs> was they sort of, I don't know, retrofitted one of the boys from the letters into, into this film. And I mean, there's just really, I don't think, I can't picture someone arguing with the idea that Jordan Fisher is a charming and charismatic actor. Like he's just, he's got it. You know, he's got that thing. When he's on screen, you like, he draws you in. So that does make for, I think a more compelling triangle than in some of the other films that we've covered, or even for me, from the first film, because as I had reported back, I didn't understand the um, why I believe the uh, the character was Josh, the Margot's boyfriend, ex boyfriend. Yeah, and and kind of the 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 original reason for the fake relationship, I didn't ah I didn't I didn't understand that. So so this was a more compelling like oh what would be which path will she choose? Because to have someone that, that you were close with or had affection for, what have you in the past, come back later in life, like, you know, that is the beginning of a lot of love stories. And so, so yeah, I found that compelling. And I think what maybe they, some of the things they learned from the first one was kind of what, what folks want more of. And so I definitely felt like, oh, we're getting more of the little sister in this. Yes. And, and she's, <laughs> she's pretty sassy and she's pretty, adamant about her being the reason for a lot of this happening and so like as a little sister myself though I would never have mailed someone else's letters I liked that John Corbett had more to do in this one which is great and so you know overall I, I thought I liked it it was it was fun I think as a Netflix series of films this one is you know well produced and and has compelling actors and was entertaining for someone who's not a teenager. It's a big question everyone's waiting for though. Are you team Peter or are you team John Ambrose? Oh my gosh, that's so tough. I don't know if I can answer that because there's a third. Yes, there, I, there's there, a third there, film. There's a third. Um, <sighs> I I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about the third for sure, but just to put a cap on this Team John Ambrose, Team Peter thing, this film tripped a lot of people up. This was a very okay. po polarizing film oh, okay. at, at so the is time. 
I'm thinking in the Hunger Games, right? It's a it's a PETA or the other person Hemsworth. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. No, actually, that's a really good comparison. Right, that's, and that's, you know what my answer to that was? Finnick. Finnick, you. Yeah. <laughs> 100% Team Finnick. So, so I feel like in that sense, because I am the age I am watching this and understanding that these are very young people, my answer to that question is John Corbett. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. But this is something just so, people were so tripped up by that, that a lot of people dislike the movie because in the end she chooses Peter and they could not understand it. This was something that, again, on Twitter, people were like, I don't get it. And that just, again, speaks to Jordan Fisher's magnetism that he was able to destroy in some circles, Noah yeah. Centennio, who had been propped up to, to that point as the internet's boyfriend. And in the third film, a lot of people still couldn't get over the fact that she chose Noah mm. Centennio. And just spo spoiler alert, Jordan Fisher is not in the third film. It explores, um, explores Lara Jean and Peter's relationship in their senior year. Of course, you, you know by now or you've gleaned, that is your assignment for next time to okay. finish the trilogy of To All okay. the Boys. Well, I'm, I'm not gonna ask you which team you were on because I do really wanna go back and listen to the episode. Once you gave me the homework of the first one, I was like, oh, I can see what's, I can see the writing on the wall here, which is a different movie. <laughs> I'm not gonna listen to those because I didn't want to be influenced by the discussion. So of um, course. I'm now gonna go back and listen to P.S. I Still Love You episode as I encourage folks to do if they haven't, if they happen to miss this one or think it's not for them. I do think even as a, you know, a complex and evolving grown adult, you can enjoy these movies. I'm very interested to go back and uh, listen and see what you and your guest, where you landed in all of that. And then maybe we'll talk about that with the third one. I'm curious too, because I don't remember. Cause so, uh, <laughs> so Jenna Guillen was my guest, great uh, YA writer. She and I recorded them like right after they came out. So it was, which is good because it was before the internet really got to me in terms of the whole John Ambrose thing. Sure. Because in the coming weeks, it was just like, Twitter was blowing up with the John Ambrose love and the why did they choose Peter situation. But yeah, I mean, if you do listen, let me know because I'm curious on what side I was on there or even if it was the thing that we were talking about because I don't know. I do. I know I talked probably about Holland Taylor because I loved Holland Taylor. And Thank you. I'm so sorry I forgot that. Always a damn delight. Also, that is the nicest retirement community I've ever yes. seen. <laughs> She's got like a suite up there. I'd live there. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> So Aislinn, once again, watch the third in the To All the Boys series. We'll talk about it next time. But now, uh, I guess the main event, right? Let's bring in your friend Jane and talk Tall Girl. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, 
Well, I am so excited for today's conversation because a wonderful friend I haven't talked to in a long time is here, Jane. Welcome, Jane. Thanks, guys. This should be fun. I'm excited. Now, truly, it would be fun to talk to Jane about any movie, but the reason that I thought this would be particularly fruitful in our discussion is that Jane did her dissertation research on humans that are outside of the typical height averages. I'm going to go ahead and let Jane explain. I'll try. Um, I actually just kind of like skimmed the first chapter of my dissertation because it's been a few years and you know that level of preparation just really felt like uh, high school. So there I'm fully yeah, <laughs> in the uh, in the mood. Yeah, I interviewed a little over 60, just very tall and very short men and women all over the country. I think a few outside of the United States. And really in the conversation, we just talked a lot about the process of identity formation, having a non-normally statured body. Well, that's awesome. It's definitely going to be applicable today for our conversation on Tall Girl. Jane, let's peel the onion back a little bit. If we will, if that's okay. You mentioned high school. So I'm just curious off the bat, what was your high school experience like? Like, where'd you grow up and, and, and I don't know, did you enjoy it? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I didn't, I don't think I actually went to high school that much. Which I, by the time I met Isla in grad school, I think I don't know that I probably showed up there much either. But um <laughs> Literally too cool for school, I think, is, is the human we have. There are two dorks and a cool kid hanging out on this Zoom. That's <laughs> the first and last time I think I've ever been called a cool kid. <laughs> yeah, I think by the time I got, I mean, I was like 6'2 in eighth grade, right? So like by the time I got to high school and I was like seriously playing sports, it was like, there's a, there's a purpose to this and like a place where it like makes sense and feels good and is like, socially advantageous so yeah high school was was fun was fine and I mean as much as high school is those things it both like threw my height into focus and kind of neutralized the yeah I'm different and there's a place that this feels good that's awesome I mean that's really cool to hear so I guess you have maybe some similar experiences with our main character today maybe some different ones can't wait to hear it Island, of course, we are talking Tall Girl, and it is a Netflix film, widely available if you are a Netflix subscriber. I'm assuming that's how you all watched it, or I hope you didn't, you know, illegally yes. find it somewhere. Well, as, as my life falls apart and comes back together, I did turn on Netflix and got a um, notification that uh, the uh, password uh, has expired. I um, So... Uh, we are in the process of untangling the uh, streaming services. So I did watch it on Netflix, but um, but maybe the last thing I watched on that particular subscription. So wow. I'm a woman named Lorraine on Netflix. Nice. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Side note, it's not something I ever thought about, but oh my God, untangling streaming services. Now, doom and gloom, forget it. Anyway. Yes, and, uh, you know, knocking on wood, Brian, that that is not something you'll have to encounter. I hope. I hope not. Uh, I have the Netflix short summary here. We read this every week. um, And just uh, if you're a first time listener out there, or maybe for you, Jane, on my show, I like to read back of the DVD, back of the VHS. On AP, it's mostly streaming stuff. But Netflix by far has the smallest descriptions for anything. So I'm really, really excited to hear the Netflix because they do not care about writing stuff. So Aislinn, take it away. (laughs) All right. 
Tall Girl from 2019. After years of slouching through life, six foot one teen Jody resolves to conquer her insecurities and gets caught up in a high school love triangle. That's it? That's it. That's all it says. All oh, it says. And yeah, some of that happens. Um, and other <laughs> things. And gosh, I well, I don't we, I don't want to go too far into my thoughts um yet, but I had them. I love the look you get when you have a lot of thoughts. I get very excited. <laughs> Had you guys heard of this movie before? Do you have any history with this film? I think I was like, you know, it sounds really boring. I'm not going to watch that, right? Like, just it felt, like at first it was like, eh, it's so one-dimensional. Like, you, I don't know that you could do that well. Sure. <laughs> I'm not going to watch it. I'll be honest. I saw, I think um, because I do enjoy high school um, movies or teen related things. Um, Netflix suggested it at one point. And of course I thought of Jane's research as I do. And then I went right past it. <laughs> and so I had not seen it until, until yesterday. How about you, Brian? Well, this movie has a kind of an interesting production background. There's almost nothing on the internet of like the research that went into this movie or what it was based on or anything like that. I had seen it like in the background, probably while editing a podcast, but not really paying attention. But I do remember when it came out in 2019, because on Twitter and wherever people are talking, it was very much mocked in a sense, not necessarily the film itself, but kind of what you guys are saying, tall girl, I wonder what that's about, you know? Like, <laughs> it's just a Netflix film about a tall girl, you know? Interestingly enough, this movie was super, super successful for Netflix. Despite like uh, a lot of negative criticism it got, the last figures that I could find, and as you and I have talked Iceland, Netflix does not release their streaming data unless they really want to. 49 million people watched this movie. That is a whopping number. That is insane. Do you think that is pandemic quarantine home order related at all or what's the timeline yes and no but it came out in 2019 pre-pandemic and it was doing well then and again this is not a film like uh we we've covered to all the boys on here we've covered the kissing booth on my show uh previous to you coming on Iceland. these are films that a lot of people talked about and there's a lot of like background with and sure teenage and even you know, like People Magazine would cover these movies. Tall Girl wasn't in that category, but Tall Girl showed Netflix something that I am actually very thankful for. Wow, if we just make teen movies, there's a good chance that people will watch them. Sure. So, I, you know, I don't know if we were going to say this at the end or not, but actually Tall Girl 2 is in production. Oh, no. <laughs> and it's, so, I don't, again, I don't know what's going to happen, but it's solely because they're looking at their data. Sure. And they're like, oh my God. I will say it had... What I, cause I, so I watched it with my mom, which was uh, delightful. And she is the quintessential, who, what do I know this person from? <laughs> right. Which I, I think it. a lot of us have, have those folks in our lives. And so uh, she got, had got her laptop early on and was like, I don't know any of these people. And I said, well, it's a, it's a cast of, of Netflix stars mm -hmm. really. Mm -hmm. And so I wonder, are people getting, like, do people get a three picture Netflix deal, like, or a development deal with Netflix the way that they would with a, you know, a traditional production company or, or, um, or like NBC or 
what am I trying to say? Channel, the network, because it's our dear, it's our friend from Work It is the sister. And then, you know, wannabe pretty in pink, what's his name? The best friend oh, gentleman. Yeah, Griffin Gluck. Is American Vandal. And, you know, it just seemed like Netflix sort of has this coven of actors <laughs> and sort of sure. shakes them up and then like throws the dice and with a few of their, you know, charming young people and then like grow a movie out of it every six months or so. But it just seems very, very Netflix to me. It sure seems like that. Um, they do this all the time. I don't know if they have official development deals or it's just like, hey, we know this person. Right. We're making this movie. Cast them. I'm Come not in. sure. Uh, but in regards to that, similarly, Mick G is the lead producer. He kind of got famous. Um, I mean, he's a music video director. He did the original Charlie's Angels film, like the Cameron Diaz one. And he's been cranking out movies for Netflix, most famously The Babysitter, a few films in that series. But he actually uh, produced this. And I read a very interesting article with him. He said the algorithm thing. He's like, listen, Netflix is an algorithm company. You mm. got to put things in the movie that people are going to watch and they're going to reward you for it. And I'm like, okay, thank you for being direct. Okay. But he's in their system. So many of these actors are in their system. Another person in here, you and I talked about in a moxie island so we have a whole slew of netflix uh workers including uh zinga stewart who's the director of the film by the way she's not directing the sequel which i was like oh i, I like when people direct their sequels but right but that's a trend you've seen right a hundred percent hundred percent however yeah. however i am comforted by the fact that reese witherspoon who definitely has a netflix deal with her production company She's been using uh, Zynga Stewart for whatever her last show was called. I totally forgot. But she has a new miniseries coming out, and Zynga Stewart will direct all those episodes of that. So she's busy doing that. It's not like that she was replaced necessarily. Regardless, you hit the nail right on the head, Island. This is a Netflix factory movie. Even at a time when there weren't too many of them, too many. We, we've seen a lot more these days. But... You know, I don't want to compare it to Lifetime or something like that, but it is like that in a sense. Or HBO would be the higher level version. Uh, sure. Lifetime would be the, the lower level version or however you enjoy film. I'm not dissing Lifetime lovers. I watch this Lifetime movies. No, I know, I know what you mean though. <laughs> because that's, I've absolutely had that experience with HBO thinking about all, all the folks that, you know, showed up in Veep that then are showing up in Avenue 5, all, all that stuff. That brings me to the parents in it who are you know because they are of a different generation are not necessarily part of the factory but you know angela kinsey of course a delight and steve zahn who i have to say i wish there was a little more steve zahn in his performance <laughs> like it was so kind of withdrawn for him i don't know i was just like where's where's the the funny steve? yeah he, he was just kind of a dad in this yeah, um sort of a waste of the zahn People are loving him on White Lotus these days. People are loving him on White Lotus. <laughs> that's what made me think of it. You said HBO, and I was like, oh, that's <laughs> that's where you get your Steve Zahn fix at the moment. Yeah, I don't know. Like, of course, Angela Kinsey from The Office. I think they just wanted like recognizable names as the parents because they knew they were casting kids who maybe younger sure. people were familiar with, but uh, older people, I guess, weren't, right? Because like Ava Michelle, who's the lead here, um, I think she's gotten some degree of fame 
since this film. She's she's a model, but there was an open casting call for her hmm. character here. So it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like this was a TikTok star that they just sure. latched onto. And Jane, did you go to that casting or did you sit this one <laughs> yeah, out? My, my spare time, I uh, <laughs> be a actress or a 17-year-old a very severe high ponytail. Yes, severe is is it. I actually saw the parents and thought like, yeah, those are like two so obviously tiny people. That's a very good like, point. That's yeah, what, they that's found they like the no. most a- average of of short without it being in your dissertation pool short, right? They're just Maybe. like- I was like, is he a hobbit? I don't <laughs> remember. <laughs> Samuel? He could be, he could be. And and Sabrina Carpenter, who plays the sister, uh, is, I, I think I looked her up. She's like four ten, maybe. Ooh, she's she's tiny. So uh, they were obviously trying to show how tall the tall girl yes, was. Yes, there was like. some forced perspective. There was a, there were a, a number of things were forced. One of them was perspective, <laughs> for sure. The other was the length of her pants. <laughs> She can wear the hell out of a jumpsuit, though. And that's something I will never be able to do. Nora. Takes a talent, that's for sure. Uh, what do you think of her overall performance, though? I'm very curious. And she was our tall girl. I thought she carried it, for sure. And then she's... The musician part of it is true to her as a human, correct? Yeah, I believe so. As they were especially, like, looking for that, like, a tall young lady who was also a musician. And so... I mean, it worked out here. She definitely could sing in the movie. Um, I thought she did a good job too. Um, Jane, how did the titular tall girl meet with your expectations? I mean, she was believably tall. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone else was very clearly average. Yeah. <laughs> At least. Um, so we already mentioned Griffin Gluck from American Vandal. He actually also came on my radar for... Um, Big Time Adolescence, which was a Hulu movie with okay. Pete Davidson, which came out on Hulu in 2020. It uh, premiered at Sundance in 2019. And it was really a breakthrough for the both of them. Griffin Gluck is actually, you know, super talented. But yeah, a lot of people know him from American Vandal as well. What's his character's name again? Dunkelman. Dunkelman. Yeah. I was sorry. I was also Googling his height because I'm curious. Yeah, he is, and, and this will this does lead into some of my issues with the movie, but he is super charming, super compelling to watch. Like, I would enjoy watching him in something else. I did not like the character that he was stuffed into in this movie. Oh, yeah, I definitely agree with that. I definitely agree with that. Like, uh, check out some of the other stuff he's done. Because, like, like I said, he's super talented, but a lot of these characters are now that I've seen a lot of these Netflix films, are super <laughs> stock Netflixy characters, you know? Right. Who else did we see? Or who else was I going to mention? We already mentioned Sabrina Carpenter because she was our lead in Work It. Um, she's very much like an it girl of this generation, um, especially the young TikTok generation. A lot of younger people are familiar with her for her music as well as the beauty queen. Aislinn, I had a specific question for you because sure. I feel like she's a very, she's a very different character in work it so what would you think of her here as the the beauty queen older sister i mean i i I thought she ate up that part like like the english muffin that was slapped out of her mouth (laughs) i think she she appeared to be having a lot of fun with it you're right it it was a a different character 
And I can see, I mean, I, I sort of feel like she is likely somewhere in the middle and she was doing her best to nerd it up for Work It, where the reveal is she's actually an amazing dancer and, and all that. Like it's that trying to pretend you don't have rhythm, which is hard to do, I think, likely for, for folks. For sure. And so I could, I could see, I don't know, I, I did feel a little bit like I could see her play. I am playing a different role. Like I am the beauty queen. <laughs> that being said, I, I certainly um, enjoyed the scene she was in. I think, she, I think she's an excellent actor. Well, the whole homecoming sequence I felt was really awkward and weird. And so I don't, but again, I don't blame her for that. I don't think, I don't think like it, the timing worked. I don't know. But for someone to play the aloof, but but not, but it turns out really caring sister, I think she did a did a great job. And and likely because she is in this Netflix factory, probably drew some people to the film. Yeah, definitely. I think, and I, you kind of just to piggyback on what you're saying, Iceland. I think a lot of the people were a little bit more talented than the roles they were given. If that makes sense, just because I've also totally. seen them in other things. Um, yeah. Another one I think, well, I, I want to discuss, Angelica Washington was in the film Moxie that we talked about on uh, your show, Island. Yeah. She played uh, Farida, Jody's best friend. Um, it was great seeing her here. Was there anyone else, though, in the cast that you wanted to mention or who stood out to you? I, I did want to ask you, okay, so we have, like, the popular crew, and in the popular crew is a uh, gluten-free a uh, young woman with glasses. Yes. And to be my mom, who is, who is she? Why is she familiar to me? Is she part of of the Netflix factory? Uh, yes, because uh, she was in the Adam Sandler Hubie Halloween film, and that was a Netflix film. I didn't see that one though, but I, I know she was in that. I was looking at her, I'm like, I know this person, and I couldn't find really what she was from. She does a lot, or she did a lot of Disney Channel stuff. Okay, so maybe she's just a face that I'm, seen from being in the world but yeah I, I think that was that was my main question but in terms of kind of this cast of I love a band of misfits um was there anybody Jane that that stood out to you I mean I I don't know that there was a lot of you know standing out um no pun intended yeah I I did really appreciate the sister it was cute and yeah like this is the most fun part to watch I think um the friend was kind of um like it's 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 lovely that that there was kind of this person to like build you up all the time but i, I and and what's her story like to kind right. of round that out yeah and then like what was the other romantic interest name two small children so like sven is what's coming to mind oh yeah um steak oh yeah we forgot to mention mm -hmm. him we mm -hmm. forgot to mention the tall boy <laughs> yeah <laughs> But Sven works for me. <laughs> <laughs> Steve. Do you think that's right, Luke Eisner played Steve. Steve, thank you. Yeah, what did you think of Steve? <laughs> I don't really have an opinion. Uh, I think, I, I, don't, I, yeah, I don't have an opinion of him, but I also think that that's like not, not like a, a bad thing for the plot, if that's what we want to call it. Sure. But in that like, he's tall, he's got to be it, right? And like, if right. that's, all that the kind of the available partners thing is narrowed down to is you know i'm gonna kind of cast whatever i want on him because that's my only option 
Yeah, I can see that. And then I, I agree with you completely on the the best friend. They portray her as this very interesting, colorful mm-hmm. designer type person, but we don't get to see any of that. And and especially in the kind of final, you know, act or even second half of the movie, whenever like we were dealing with the dunkle of it all, I was much more interested in her mending with her best friend. Like I was like, why are we still talking to this this guy? I w- I want them to fix that. Yeah, I felt like the issue of this tall, gorgeous Scandinavian gentleman who is a dork back home and now has the opportunity to be cool, like that's a movie. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like I could watch, I'd watch perhaps that movie, but to have all that wrapped into all this just seemed like kind of too many things. And then it all falls together or falls apart with a cell phone video, the pacing of it really bothered me. There were many points where I was like, okay, so where are we and why do I care? Like, <laughs> I had I had some trouble with that. I mean, like, Stig, it, like, if he hadn't had this moment of like, oh, I get to be popular and to be popular in high school, you may have to date the popular girl. Like, otherwise there's no way he's not going for the tall model. Right, right, because she's also tall and gorgeous, and they have a lot in common. And then, and then, of course, watching and he likes her, and he likes her. So yeah, that was the whole. It was kind of a much ado about nothing in that sense. (laughs) And then the other thing my mom kept saying was like, "They're just at the beginning. Why? Like they're just high school. Like they're just. It doesn't. (laughs) They're just at the beginning. I'm like, well, yes, but we are watching a teen movie, so it is. The stakes are high because hormones." <laughs> for sure <laughs> I mean like I always laugh about that because when I step back and and realize I do this show twice a week and that's the problem every time like <laughs> at the end of the day this comes a you problem right <laughs> <laughs> it's a high school romance I kind of have to forget about that one yeah I, that's I am glad that both of you brought up Farida though the best friend character because I did have some like notes on that I might as well get into them now sure I'll, I'll just sum it up like this there is a bad history in film of the fun sassy black best friend who we don't invest enough time in and it was crappy to see that in 2019 as well because I was so interested in that character and it's just like oh okay another thing that you've made Hollywood which was unfortunate yeah and adjacent to that so thinking about the makeup of the of the characters of the high school of the atmosphere I thought it was interesting that it was set in New Orleans Mm. in my understanding but Brian tell me if I'm wrong I don't see that often for like a young people story like you see it on a in di- a different genres but not like a, a high school like I don't know I just couldn't think of another high school movie that was set in New Orleans and then all we got is a very I stereotypical is is not even the right word because it's much too nice but a, 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 a problematic escape room actor doing a a voodoo of something it's just that like so that uncomfortable again not the right word because that's I want something like five degrees more severe than that but like don't put it in New Orleans and then don't give me any New Orleans well I mean they had uh, like New Orleans stuff here or there like the the tradition of high school bands you know going yeah the parade there there was a a couple in uh, New Orleans my brother went to Tulane so I've spent a, a 
you know, some time in New Orleans, there was a couple of restaurants there like, oh, I've been there. Oh, people talk okay. about that. Okay. So and they I did a little bit. Of a that. little bit. I think if you know New Orleans, like, I, and I live in New York and I watch New York films and there's some directors who get New York who are like, oh, if you're from New York, you get where this person's going socioeconomically or whatever, right? And then there's some people who are just, you know, it just doesn't make sense if you know the neighborhoods. Like if you're walking from here, then you appear in Times Square for no reason. Sure. From what I get in New Orleans, I think if maybe you're from that area, you have a little bit more understanding here, but it's not necessarily a good thing. They, these are very rich kids who live in the richest section of New Orleans, which we yeah. can see in the homes, right? Those and New Orleans, homes are wild. You know, a lot of people live in the, under the poverty line in New Orleans. Um, that's not anything we see here. This is, this is the fanciest part with the fanciest people of New Orleans. So again, I don't know if they did a good job because I'm not a New Orleans native, but that's what I can glean from the little I know from going there uh, a couple sure. times in my life and again, being with my brother. Sure, they sort of hit some of the touch tones, but I don't know, I guess I just, I just wanted more and I want to more like the richness of yeah, it definitely was New Orleans like experience. New Orleans culture, right? Like they didn't yeah, have like, like even Southern accents or anything like that. They were like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, to me, it was just another one filmed in Vancouver pretending to be somewhere else. <laughs> the setting and the best friend, right? With her like very superficial fashion kind of presentation, right? And like the neon mm-hmm. hair and maybe not doing New Orleans justice. Like it was both literally to add color to this film in ways that I think like felt really flat yeah oh for sure for sure that's a really good call I mean because like you said I love what you said with the Vancouver thing Island and no offense to Vancouver beautiful city but (laughs) no it's just where they film a lot of stuff this movie could have taken place anywhere really yeah yeah I thought of that also with the pageant so certainly you know there are pageants everywhere but I think maybe a more recently strong pageant experience in the south often so she's miss new orleans and is worried about the competition and i started to think well how many other cities are there you know what i mean like that's like being miss new york city in the miss new york pageant like what are you going to be worried about you're the big fish right yeah i suppose you have a favorite i mean she mentioned sharif port there baton rouge but just thinking about like the the money, the the capital it would take to win. Anyway, I got too into the pageant because the actual plot was so flat that I was looking at all the sub things, trying to make a story out of them because I was so nervous that they were going to do what they did. And and Iceland, we've already established you love a good contest and you, you love being the judge the of things. Con- I so. do love judging things. I'm not surprised. <laughs> and so it's this like hyper feminine thing, right? And I was just like, oh, it's the foil to yes. the, the gangly tall girl. Right. Who, who feels like she can't be that. So she is. And what did they say? A, a, a dress like a very tall little boy. It's <laughs> funny. Look. I wanted to ask uh, so about the tall of it all. And again, I'm not asking you, Jane, to speak for all tall people. But to speak from your own experience and perhaps from your research, if it got into that, but you know, the, um, the flashback where the, the dad was asking the doctor about a particular drug and, and it was hard to tell if how worried he truly was about the health um, implications. Is that a typical reaction of a parent? Is that, is that gendered? How can, how did that hit you? I I mean, I think 
yes, there's a history of, you know, HGH for short boys and estrogen supplements for tall girls. Wow. Yeah, 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 that has happened. And um, one of the men that I interviewed, you know, I think his brother was on HGH and it like, like that hurt him so bad, like to see his dad, you know, try to treat something that he didn't think needed treated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I think in, in my experience, I was like, is, is this, just, is it going to keep happening? Am I just going to keep growing? And I think there was kind of this like, like, is is this okay? And I also never like my family was very like how cool this is. She's taller than your gotcha. dad, right? Like, okay. and so I don't. Um, I think that that piece was a big concern for me. Mm-hmm. That's definitely definitely interesting. I kind of had a another question about the tall thing because just again when this movie was coming out and people on Twitter were really criticizing, not had seen it yet, but just like the premise of it and just like, what is this movie about a tall girl about? Something that a lot of people were saying online, again, this is not my opinion, but they were like, oh, poor this poor, tall, beautiful model in this school, like she must have it rough, hoo-hoo. I don't know, I, I guess just, could you speak to that a little bit? I'm not sure, because I just wanted to address it because that was what the internet was saying at the time. I, I think that kind of my thought about that was like on the one hand, it's this like very specific sort of developmental stage, right? High school or you know adolescence, where I think conventions about gender and sexuality and dating are probably more severe. So yeah, I can see why it was hard for her and like the pretty privilege of it would have probably eased that blow a little bit. But I also think if she hadn't been the sort of conventionally attractive girl, like it would have been a different story, right? It would have been about masculine big women. It would have been about something else and and that I don't know would have been just about her her height like I, I think to I think to isolate mm. it to that variable she had to be pretty and white sure that makes a ton of sense and we already mentioned she's also very rich too so like that's not a, a you know quote quote problem in the film right like it's really just she's a tall girl I mean not saying a negative yeah. way there and like rich enough to afford pants that fit like I, <laughs> like the the drama yeah like that it's like it, it hasn't been that hard in 10 years, right? Like yeah. my, I do remember like I would go shopping and my grandma would be like turn on pants and she'd be like, what if we just sew some ribbon to the bottom of them? <laughs> That's awesome. I, like, I was like, mm, sweetie, you don't know what high waters are, right? Like you don't <laughs> know what it was like to shop in 2000. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had a little bit of that thought as well of like, I wonder if, if the plight would be different if this was a 90s movie when there weren't as many so so body positivity movements in general mm-hmm. were further back and there were the options like manufacturing options or what have you like i don't know you know how easy it was to get young people clothes that would you know work for her or and just the the price of the shoes too like when dunkelman brings shoes which is very late in the movie i apologize i was like well, those shoes are very expensive, very expensive to get size 13 men's high heels. Like drag queen shoes are very expensive. 
but since we've already established that he lives in a huge house it was perhaps just part of his allowance perhaps yeah who knows were there any uh scenes and moments in the film that you guys wanted to talk about or something that stuck out to you <laughs> for me i'll just be honest with you like there was stuff in the film i enjoyed there were sure. pacing issues island but this is not a film that I could right now rattle off what happened front to back. Maybe that's because of the pacing issues, right? I mean, I have a big problem. <laughs> so I don't know if you want me to get into the big problem. Get into it. Let's do on. it. Let's do it. Okay. So the cliche of one person is attracted to another person or, or you know, friends where someone has feelings. This, this issue of like, oh, they just did one thing and then the other person suddenly saw them in a new light or was suddenly attracted to them in that way very much bothers me on a number of levels. One though is because I have had several male friends in my life and one particular best friend that Jane was around for, my very best friend, Jose, our relationship was always friendship and always has been, always will be. We are the best of friends. And whenever people would question that or would assume that one of us had feelings for the other and it was an unrequited or is that i felt like that cheapened what we had and this phrase of oh they're just friends has bothered me forever because we're not just friends we are awesome friends we were meant to be friends we both know that you know what i mean and so so these tropes that make it seem like friendship is something to settle for or that friendship is a negative reaction and that what you want what you should want is something different I think is just terrible messaging to all people but particularly young people and that Dunkelman did the right thing in that he defended her when she wasn't there violently which is from my perspective not mm -hmm. the right thing but that's a that's another issue to get into but so so great he did the right thing why is then his prize her changing her mind in a way that i found pretty false like that it just irritated the crap out of me and then the milk crate thing was supposed to be cute oh my god and it was not so jane what did you think of the milk crate thing <laughs> since you jumped out of your chair <laughs> i did uh, i mean like first he was super icky and manipulative and like stalkery and like ugh, that's not that's not hot like that's yeah red flags yes the the like constant kind of low-level harassment throughout the, mm -hmm. the thing if, if you hit on someone every day and they continued to decline how are you even friends at that exactly point? exactly and yeah and then like the the milk crate I was like, no, don't do it. Don't you put that milk grate on the ground and stand on it. Don't you do it. Because if the whole point is, right, like I adore you as you are and I adore like all of you and I adore, you know, that you are tall and I like, it shouldn't be so I'll, I'll carry this around so I can kiss you and be, and you look up to me, right? Like it should be like, and I want to look up and kiss you. <laughs> and not that oh it's fine I can modify this so that we look right and so that you know this is a thing that feels like it's right. supposed to feel yeah, yeah for, it should for be like, like his masculinity sake yeah absolutely oh it was disgusting and they were on stairs too so honestly if they wanted 
a moment of being face to face, the movie could have accomplished that in a different way, but that he was carrying that around for literal years, I found so disgusting. Like I can wear her down. Right. Yeah. Yes, that's Ooh. yes. So I don't like that it started with kind of an innovative maybe. Oh, this is a maybe a, this is not the typical protagonist, or you know, I mean, okay, I'll give it the credit of being interesting uh, in in some way, but then just fell right into some of the most tired mm-hmm. tropes that I just have no patience for. Hey. Hey. Um, why didn't you tell me the real reason you got that black guy? (laughs) It didn't seem important. Okay, but you, you like defended my honor and you took a punch for me. Yeah, well, yeah, well, I guess I, I did that. Mm. What? Nothing. I'm just making some mental revisions to my perfect boyfriend checklist. Well, did I make it over 50%? Way over. (laughs) But you know, the only major sticking point is the milk crate. I really don't get why you don't just put your stuff in a backpack like a normal person. Um, well, because I knew the day would come where I would need it, and I wanted to be ready. Ready for what? Before the milk crate was a prop at the end, I actually thought it was cool and I wanted to like, I was like, oh, I should have used that as a backpack in high school. <laughs> right, as a, as a mechanism to carry your things, okay. But then when I saw it, I'm like, oh, come on. And it, it's so silly too, like uh, just gender wise, right? Like I'm not a tall person at all. You know, I'm five nine, but my wife is five feet tall. We've never discussed height, and I totally understand that that's like a gender thing. Maybe we have, but I just don't recall, right? But like, it's also never been uncomfortable for me to kiss her and her to me, you know, like height wise, I'm saying Mm -hmm. we're probably the same height difference. I never was like, oh no, she can't reach me or I can't reach her. So it was like, what are you doing, man? Like, it just, I don't know. It's so, so silly. Unless they were trying, I don't. It, it, the problem with this movie, one of the big problems for me, just in this series, especially what you and I are doing on AP Island, is that I've watched so many modern films that try to buck these trends, specifically the friend trend that you're talking about, that I was almost shocked that they got together at the end because, I don't know, most modern I films- so, I was so hoping they wouldn't, right? That she would absolutely go, go see him because he's not allowed at homecoming and say, thank you for doing that. And thank you for being my friend in that moment. Because like Jane mentioned, he was manipulative and and manipulative of both the tall girl and the tall boy. 
they could they could have done something so much better but while we're here and we're in the gender and sexuality piece of it all this is where i feel like some of the dissertation stuff is so interesting jane could you speak to a little bit what you heard from participants around that idea of are there things that either the tall or the short folks did to emphasize or de-emphasize perceived femininity or masculinity? Well, I think first I, I do want to clarify that if he had put on the heels, I would have been like totally there for it. Right? Yes, like, that's a great yeah, point. Was, yeah. That okay, uh, would have right changed my mind about him. And, yeah. yeah. Maybe in the sequel. <laughs> Maybe. The girl can do. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, I will say one of the most surprising things that I remember is I thought that short women would say like, it's great, right? Like I kind of embody this femininity and I don't even have to, which is what the tall men said, right? Like, yeah, I, it is great to be a tall man. Like people defer to me. I am just automatically attractive, like great. And short women were like, and I get treated like a child or like I'm incompetent and it sucks. Mm-hmm. And like, I think, you know, I expected that from short men from sort of that stereotype. And I think that that tall women was this sort of other kind of complicated relationship where sometimes it's an asset, right? Like sometimes as a tall woman can be perceived as more powerful and sometimes that's helpful and sometimes not. But then there is this sort of desirability factor, right? Where there's like, it's either fetishized or kind of a masculine trait. Right. So yeah, so either you are, yes, that that fetishized kind of object of affection or some sort of invisibility because because it's not. I don't the think standard. there's ever invisibility. You I don't think, think so. The, I think probably especially being a, a tall woman, but I think on all of those categories, I think your body's a little more public, right? Mm-hmm. Like I was trying to buy oat milk at Target last weekend, like before I was late to a meeting, and like just that some woman said something, and I I didn't have the energy to engage, but yeah, like people, I think kind of have this permission to. Comment. interact with a stranger yeah about yeah. your body which is like not a thing in any other realm right so I think that there are all these sort of complicated meanings and how you kind of play some sort of gender calculus to balance it out is I think how people both made meaning of it and formed identities right yeah. like no I, absolutely and I think even like tall men would talk about like sometimes I gotta sit down that I don't seem super aggressive, right? And right. the ways that that intersects with race, you know, like the six foot three black woman I interviewed said, look, it's one thing to be an angry black woman and it's another thing to be an angry six foot three black woman, right? Mm-hmm. I think probably, I think women get more play or at least, you know, in what, 2013 when I did these interviews, get probably a little more play on like the femininity, masculinity presentation piece sure. um, than men do. But I, I think that that was, deliberate and depending on the situation. Sure. I was also thinking about the shorter statured folks and the trend of being muscular or bodybuilding for the, particularly the short men, right? To Mm -hmm. kind of as part of that calculus that you're saying to be- To take up space. Yes, to take up more, yes, to take up more space and to have some aspects of that perceived 
thing you're going for. And then I don't remember how you um, kind of placed it in the conversation, but then the the other thing that sticks in my mind was the short statured women and this toughness kind of like with a giant truck or that have Mm -hmm. a maybe more typically masculine hobby or job or something. And I, but again, I don't remember how you placed that in the larger conversation, whether that was to offset the cuteness issue of like, mm-hmm. oh, you're a cute little lady or, but I don't know. Yeah, I think that that's important because, or I think the way that you phrase that question is important because yeah, is it deliberate to offset the cuteness? And I think in, in my head, it was like, you're cute, right? And you're kind of a, already have this because small things are cute in quotes yeah I'm saying. and 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 femininity there's a good right a mm-hmm. yeah. Take a sort of yeah aspect of it and so like does that sort of give you the room to do some more masculine things and it all mm-hmm. levels out yeah interesting see it's fascinating i'm so glad you're here <laughs> absolutely absolutely <laughs> No, but I mean, we're bringing the tall girl dialogue to a level that I'm sure it's never- We're bringing it to grad school. Yeah, exactly. That's what we- You're on this podcast, Brian, with two doctors. (laughs) Yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm out of my league in so Mm -hmm. many ways. (laughs) (laughs) What did you think, Jane, of the fathers, well, both parents, but the fathers in particular, I don't know, the means that he would try to take- I don't want to say comfort her because it really some, sometimes was like too aggressive. Like when, when he had the tip toppers party at oh, his yeah. house and stuff like that. Uh, what, what was your thoughts on that? You know, like poor guy is just overcorrecting like one way or the other, right? <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to give her medicine and she's going to, right? There's this fear. Like she's not going to feel normal and she's not going to feel like she fit in and she's not going to feel like she's loved. So I, I'm going to try and prevent it, which if I wasn't a parent, I would have been like, that's awful. You should love her as she is. And I'm like, okay, misguided, but also we're going to do whatever we can to try to prevent our kids' pain. And that backfires usually, but and get it. And then the like overcorrection of the tip toppers. And I think at one point, one of them is like, whatever, I'm just here for the men, right? Like <laughs> I, there's no other point other than this is where all the tall guys are. <laughs> That like overcorrection and then she's like, either way, you're kind of reducing me to this thing that is different and like I don't get to be a whole person. Mm-hmm. And a thing you don't have control over. Mm-hmm. I think this the saddest part, and I promise this is related in some way, but like the the piano piece of it, right? Yeah. Where it was like this thing that like spoke to her soul and she was good at because of how many keys her fingers can stretch, right? she gave up because it felt like, well, I'm only good at this because I'm tall and I don't want to be reduced to that. And so I wonder, I don't know what it would have been like if it hadn't been you're tall and you're different her whole life. If it had been like, oh yeah, I can see how your face lights up when you play the piano. Right. Yeah. If, if he had been, if he had been able to look kind of past that one obstacle as he perceived it, to be, and maybe both her parents, to be able to support her in the things she loved, would it have been able to to flourish in a way and not turn back to the wingspan of her fingers? And yeah. then 
the other part of her saying she didn't want to do something where people watched her Mm -hmm. um she's watched all the time yeah that was that was really tough so i yeah i think so that brings us back to the movie which is good and brings us back to at least a couple of moments that that i did think really worked like i thought that dinner scene with the whole family where she finally explained that like i I thought I liked that. So I, I think maybe it's the family stuff in general that I thought kind of worked well. And maybe that's because you had some seasoned actors in there as well mm. versus the love triangle, love, you know, whatever shape thing. The makeout party where everyone is looking at each other was also <laughs> very unsettling. Real gross. But Real gross. I think before you go on the family piece, yeah, I also think mom and Jody is the tall girl. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. I think mom and Jody had really a, a pretty successful mother-daughter relationship that I don't think mom had with the pageant sister, mm -hmm. right? Because like it was about being hyper-feminine and it was about being perfect and Jody was never going to be that. So mom didn't have to cultivate that in her. Oh, interesting. And so oh. I, I was like, ah, right, like there's some freedom from, from yeah. that dynamic. Ooh, that is, I like that. that. Yeah, that is cool. Can we quickly go back to the a piano thing? Yeah. You, you mentioned Jane, because I, I actually had a question related to that. Everything you're saying, like you're talking about, why does she not play piano? Is that something that you found in your research that obviously they're being tall in particular, there's advantages to being tall. Would people say that they would do less, like, I don't know, play basketball or something. Or like they didn't play basketball because of those similar reasons that Jody gave gave here. Is it, it was that realistic? Um, yeah, I mean, probably. I think I was like, yeah, and you know, I I am thirty five, and once a year, my grandfather still says, you know, you should be playing the piano with those hands, right? And and I it like just didn't click for me. But I think some some sports did in some ways, and. I think in my research, it was either like, don't ask me to play basketball. Like I can't do that. Right. Like I am just tall. I, I cannot play basketball or like, thank God I found basketball mm -hmm. because it you know, saved me from just feeling like a freak. Yeah. But then right, like there aren't very many people who play professional basketball. And so I think then there's this, kind of second reckoning and I, to be fair I think there is a developmental um, or like an identity sort of reckoning sounds better than crisis I think for for athletes in general when that kind yeah. of ends but I think having to confront and, and what is my differently sized body right what does my super public body mean if it's not for a function interesting interesting yeah i was curious about that for sure the other piece i remember <laughs> because um it has been a few years since i've read read your work jane i think you remember more than i do which is <laughs> reminding I mean, me because i think we're for all of us in our dissertation work there are things that you block out because it was a long and sometimes sad and uh, difficult process but that's a different podcast it um is. don't don't ask me about which advisor i saw naked that's a different podcast. It's the advisor I saw. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we have that income. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay when, where does this podcast air? <laughs> <laughs> so the other piece that that brings us back into some of the the plot and and the the movie was okay. So super tall guy 
is there. And so then like popular, hot, I'm putting all this in quotes, average height, popular girl, like immediately pounces on him. And I recall some chatter among your participants about mm. average, particularly with that scenario where the man is tall and the woman is average, that mm -hmm. like the tall women saying that that was irritating for them to see because like you're, you're taking one of my only options, mm -hmm. which speaks to the, that, that whole right back to that gender setup of why does the man have to be taller? And like, there's so, there's many, many layers there, but do you recall that trend or kind of what that, what they were sharing about that? I don't know if irritating is the right word, but that, that feeling of they're taking our population. Yeah. I mean, I think it was like, there are so you have so many options, right. And mine are limited. And I think it was kind of the whole, the whole point that I was trying to get across, or, or I guess maybe one of, hopefully I had more than one point. It was a lot of pages. There's several chapters, so a few points in there. I really think height is just one of the organizing principles of sexuality, right? Particularly heterosexuality. And, and I think it is even kind of reduced to, well, it's my personal preference, right? It's very patterned. And so it is not just your personal preference. It is kind of the way that um, these ideas that we have about gender and sexuality become so integrated in, our, in ourselves. And the, maybe the converse of that is that very tall, I, I remembered several very tall men talking about having like very short female partners. I mean, like it, it is weird, right? Like this should, this should be kind of the like pinnacle of however that's supposed to look. And like, it's weird. It's weird to hold hands. It's weird to be in bed. It's like, it doesn't work very well. <laughs> and so, yeah, I, sometimes the things that we are supposed to want are not what, Absolutely. you know, feels good. Yeah. No, thank you for that. And that I, I have to say, I mean, a number of things, grad school, right, was a chunk of my 20s. And, yeah. and there were a lot of things that I learned and a lot of things that that kind of came out of that, but truly being around and hearing through like the, your process of your, of your dissertation really did help me recover from that particular part of the equation because I had mm. had a very tall boyfriend in college. And so I thought that was my preference and, and, and you cured me of that. And, <laughs> and my, my most recent partner of, you know, the last several years, uh, is probably two inches taller than me and that's it right yeah. and so i just wanted to thank you for curing me of that particular stupid societal expectation that that it should be one way or another and that you know whatever whatever package looks good to you and i mean human package mm -hmm. that's that's the one you should go for not not the one where the picture looks the way you think it should so it's really it's you and tina fey i do have to say mm. because her she's average heighted and her oh, shorter fine. than her but so so yeah just wanted to say that thanks for curing me of that and perhaps we have cured a couple of audience members of that yeah you, open up Shane. a whole world <laughs> the one time i was uh using the same sentence as tina fey so yeah there you go <laughs> Wow, what, what a what a momentous podcast! Healing and curing and teaching, I love it. I don't know what I can add to the equation at this point. I'm, uh, I can hardly well, you've, read. You've got some uh, awards and questions. 
That's for sure. Let me, I think there was one or two other things in my notes. Uh, okay, Brian takes more notes than I do. I watched it with like kids running around. So <laughs> that's probably the intended way to watch this film anyway. Um, that's a Netflix film for you, doing, you know, folding laundry, doing something right. else. <laughs> um, oh, oh, just last thing I'll say on the um, Dunkelman character that was disappointing. He had seemed to admit someone who really liked him and that they were getting along and he just <laughs> drops her and she's like, okay, I get it. Like, <laughs> so yeah, I just couldn't leave the episode without bringing that up. Like, let's introduce someone. They seem like things are going well. It, I don't, there wasn't much to her, but I don't know. <sighs> she seemed like a, a nicer person than some of the popular kids around her. Yes. I don't understand why or how she had such perspective. You know, she was demonstrating a lot of kind of maturity and perspective around it, which great, but sometimes when that happens in a movie, I'm like, but you didn't earn that. Like how, why are you at the like 50,000 foot perspective? <laughs> right, I, and everyone I else don't isn't. Know. She landed there somehow, right? We don't know how or why. And then it's just, you know, flutters away like I, no I don't then she sends the video she oh she that's right fight. that's she right. might have actually been my favorite character i just forgot about her <laughs> that's the problem i mean to yeah to be like i'm disappointed and like it happens yeah. <laughs> which is great i mean I, I say all the time we need to teach rejection yeah right we need to teach Absolutely. how to be declined that's a good call people don't know and then you add the entitlement that comes so often in a male presenting package again i got package on the brain um hey. and that's and that leads down a very problematic and and sometimes abusive road and so i think if we all taught each other or if it was taught as part of healthy relationships and part of emotional learning and stuff that like yeah sometimes people are gonna say no thanks and that's fine and you shouldn't be chasing someone who doesn't, who isn't interested, Dunkelman. Like, oh, Dunkelman. Why? So, just so, yeah, at the end, when she finally says okay and relents, like, that's, that's not, that's not what you want, right? Anyway. Well, maybe we'll get more of it in the sequel because, according <laughs> to the sequel, this is all that they have so far. Okay. Uh, the sequel will reportedly follow Jody as the popular girl after her rise in the first film. However, she begins to feel the pressure of popularity, which causes problems with her relationship with Dunkelman. Didn't we do that already? Didn't <laughs> Stieg do that already? Anyway. She's Stieg. Stieg, Stieg 2.0. I wish I had more to say about Stieg. Like he was a big part of the movie and I don't. So I guess we'll, I guess we'll just move to our uh, awards and questions. Um, so first uh, we sort of try to place the, the film in I don't know, space and time. Um, so who do we think this movie was made for? Is this a teen movie for teens? Is this a teen movie for younger folks to look up to? Or is it for adults? Where where do we think it was aimed at? I think definitely teens. I think definitely, yeah, this is, feels like a teen, Netflix teen film. No yeah. objections? I think that's good. Um, was this based on a YA? Not that I could find. I tried to do that research because it felt like it might be. Right? Yeah, I could I could see Tall Girl as a book. But no. There was a book called Tall Girl. And oh. I think kind of written about like some of those experiences, but not like actually I think she does mention like the tip toppers and like that she just went yeah. there to get laid. But 
So it, it wasn't like a, gotten inspiration from something, but it wasn't a teen yeah, it, novel. Yeah, everywhere it says that it, you know it was an original story, but again, I'm sure they sure. had so, source material. In conclusion, if you want to read more about this topic, read Jane's dissertation if you, you, if you have access to academic uh, databases. So a common trope that we see is a um, dead teen or dead parent. Do we have any dead teens or parents in here? I, I don't, don't think so, right? That's kind of a relief for us. We don't, I mean, I, I don't know that Dunkelman had a father, but wasn't overtly dead. No, I don't really count it when it's not like melodrama or something for the plot, right? Gotcha. Like we can't, we can't really, maybe just off camera too. We don't know, you know, sure. I don't know. Okay. And all the things happening, I don't know that like, that we couldn't keep track of in that plot. I don't know that like grief is <laughs> yes. what we want to throw in there. Add a spoonful of grief. I'm Thankful for okay. that. <laughs> so the next, the next few questions are um, about characters in the, in the movie for us. So who do we believe is most likely to succeed? So which character won the movie? Which character's future is, is set up best at the end of the movie? The tall girl, I'm assuming. Like, right? Like, is there anyone else really? Uh, I mean, if it's truly what she wants, well, I don't believe it's what she wants. Well, but she is with Dunkleman. That's what the movie tells us. And and she gets to change her mind, right? She's she's so That's so, true. That's true. You're right. I think sister also. Oh. Gets. I mean, she learns how to throw knives in order to have cool. a different talent, a more interesting talent, and then. She wins the, the thing and, and whether, you know, pageants are a good idea or not, that was her goal and she had the support of her family and she achieved it. So hotel management, here she comes. Yeah, I, honestly, I, I wanted to mention this. I liked how supportive of a sister she was. Mm -hmm. um, I thought we were kind of get, gonna get like a 16 candles moment where she goes to the older sister for advice and she's like, stop taking my thunder or you're, sure. you know this or that, whatever. But no, she was like super happy that she came to her for advice and supportive and... Um, but I, I need your help with something. Sure, what's up? Um, how do I get a guy to notice me? Oh my God. Okay, like I've been waiting for this day to come my entire life and I never thought I would, but I'm so glad it's finally what here. What day is that? Um, the day that you finally come to your big sister and ask her about love? To finally embrace the sublime splendor that is a woman and to stop dressing like a, no offense, very large little boy. So are you gonna help me or not? I'm going to extreme makeover the crap out of you. Okay, who is he? He, he is an exchange student from Sweden. And oh my God, he is so cute. What did you just say? He's an exchange student. What's wrong? Walk away. Excuse me? Just walk away and forget we ever had this conversation. That's okay. Jody. I said walk away, damn it! <gasps> wow, I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, that was, it's just, an exchange student, there's uh, so many factors working against you. You know, new meat, high visibility, girls circling him like sharks on chum. You know, I snagged an exchange student once. Diego, Paraguayan, hairless, sweat smelled like cappuccino, light foam. 
All the girls wanted him. It was war. I felt like Custer at Battle of the Bulge. Yeah, Custer wasn't at Battle of the Bulge. Yes, he was. I'm learning about him right now in American history class. Nunez Community College makes you take an American history class. A requirement for the hotel management degree. The point is, if you want a guy to notice you, you'd have to be willing to go all the way. I don't think you're willing to go all the way. Do you think you're ready to go all the way? I was kind of interested in that past that she might have had with another foreign exchange student. So, yeah. I mean, I yeah, she <laughs> ate up that scene so hard. Oh my gosh, that was funny. I think it was Rejection Girl, by the way. I think whatever her name was. Dunkelman's other love interest. Oh. I think she's going to be okay. I don't worry about her. <laughs> well, she might come up in the next question. I, I so, next question is who won the Wooderson Award? So, this is a character that we've enjoyed so much. We wish we could have more of them in the movie. Is there a character you wish you could have? had more of or followed jane are we are, i think we should go with your pick i think we should go with uh whatever her Rejection name was. Yeah, I, mean, I want to know her name i wish she was more in the movie so i, I want to say it's aaron or katrina but those are two very different names like any of the underdeveloped female characters yeah there you go i was my vote was going to be for the the best friend liz um, her name is liz oh liz that's not either <laughs> of the things i said so yeah i think liz is a great option all right next we have the Long Duck Dong Award. Is there a character whose omission would make this film better? It could be because of the insensitivity or just simply we didn't enjoy them. Who would you take out of this movie? That fucking milk crate. <laughs> yes. You know what? I can't top that. No, that's it. That's it. No you pun win. intended either. <laughs> the milk crate. Yes. The milk oh crate is the Long Duck Dong Award. Oh my oh, God. Goodness. Perfect. Okay. Um, the next question is one that I contributed to this list. Very exciting. Because some of these questions appear on, on all the High School Slumber Party episodes. Um, and this one is an, is an AP question. So if you could recommend a classic teen movie to a character in this movie for them to watch, like for their betterment, what would it be? Hmm. Did you have one, Island? Because I, I was perplexed by this one. I mean, honestly, I... I would show Dunkelman pretty in pink in a um, uh, Truman Show way to like show him what they were thinking when they created him. They even, <laughs> they even put him in that jacket, that yeah. long jacket mm -hmm. a couple of times. Like it was just like, we get it. I get what you're doing. I get that this is a, not revenge. What do they, what do they say? You know, j justice for Ducky. Like, no, because- you can have a best friend and they can be your best friend and like you don't have to fuck them i thought the jacket was just to show how like literally was i didn't think about the uh for that too i think it served yeah. all the purposes so that that's mine but i don't know is there something we would show the, the tall girl i'm trying to think i was trying to think of a, a film that's similar to this but really there's not not that it's like so unique it's awesome but i, I don't know I kind of wanted her to dance on a table like in 10 things about I hate about you. There we go. Oh yeah, that would be good. I mean, I think that mm -hmm. would be, I would recommend that movie to, to most people for at least a watch. So, sometimes oh. if you just pick a good movie, it suffices. Yeah, it works. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it's, it's high school, it's AP, so we're gonna have a report card. So we're gonna ask you to give this film a letter grade, A through F, and for context, I have some of the um, like official rankings. So um, Rotten Tomatoes, the critics did not review it. 
Yeah, so I found this to be very odd. There was a not not enough critics reviewed the film for it to register as an official Rotten Tomatoes score. But 49 million people saw it and you couldn't get the minimum amount of critics to watch it. What is that? Like, I've never seen that. Strange. Well, it's good to have a first. Even you're, <laughs> you're 200 episodes deep in this. So that's awesome. Rotten Tomatoes audience gave it 21%. It's got 1.4 out of 5 on Letterboxd. So for context, that's what we've got there. What what letter grade would you give Tall Girl? Jane, why don't you go first? Because I'm very curious. I don't want to go against the, the doctor's opinion. Uh, you should always get a second opinion. <laughs> well, I have two doctors mm-hmm. here. So you're welcome. Welcome. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I'd like for it to be an A, a B, or a D or an F. I think it would have to be like more more memorable. Like it's just kind of right, you know, like uh, under the radar, neither extreme. I mean, I, I know that like to be a six foot three woman and to have research height to say like, I just don't know that you can make this interesting. Like I, I also think kind of a stacked against them. I'll give it a C. I, I think some of the performances were good. You know, I think there are some charming people in it. And I think the parents did a, you know, a good job. I was not particularly satisfied and I was I didn't like what they did, but I, it wasn't painful to watch. Like, I mean, there are, we have watched worst movies, so mm-hmm. I don't want to fail it, but I certainly, I don't know that the world is a better place because it's there. Yeah, I had it as like a C, C minus. I mean, it, it, it's, just, it's just there, essentially. It's just, it, it is what it is. It's not terrible. I think there are terrible things about it, but... For me, again, the worst thing was that this was made in 2019, not 1995, not 1980. Mm-hmm. I feel like we've, we're, hopefully we have a little bit more um, sensitivity and awareness at, at certain aspects of things. Or change some tropes around, please. But yeah. otherwise, it's, I'd liked some of the performances, and there were some memorable characters in here as well. I think we expect our media to have a little more awareness at this point. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, and also I have to say, like, I am such a nerd that, to me, C to C minus, it doesn't matter. Like if you've gotten a C, you've already failed. So like, <laughs> Whoa. It doesn't matter after either. that. Okay, our last two are kind of a thought experiment where um, we are going to have a slumber party and um, everybody's got to You got to bring a sleeping bag to the slumber party. So if you could design your sleeping bag, what would your tall girl themed sleeping bag look like? This was hard because like, what was the aesthetic of the film? I mean, I'll I'll volunteer to go first, uh, but I decided to, my sleeping bag would look very New Orleans-ish, more so than this movie looked. But I just (laughs) want like, you know, Mardi gras those beautiful Mardi Gras colors, glitter and sparkles everywhere, you know, that kind of stuff. That's what my sleeping bag has looked like. It it looks like it's not a tall girl sleeping bag, but it's movie adjacent. Uh, That would be delightful. Um, James, what would your tall girl sleeping bag be like? I mean, I feel like it'd probably be like navy because that was like the adult men's sleeping bag that I could find and it would have to like unzip all the way so my feet could hang out the end. Oh, nice. I love that. A literal tall sleeping bag. Tall that, girl I think that's great. Yes. That's great. I'm, I'm going to pivot and go toward the a part that I enjoyed, which was their bonding over musicals. And so my tall girl sleeping bag would be it would still emphasize the length but it would be the 88 keys of a a piano oh i like that too 
So that's, so we've got our sleeping bags. That's awesome. The last piece is what are we going to watch at our slumber party? And we know that tall girl is one of the movies, but it's a rent to get one for free old school blockbuster style. We're, we're under the neon lights. We're in the blue and yellow store. <laughs> what two movies would you rent to go with tall girl for this sleepover occasion? I'm kind of doing the opposite. This movie, Netflix movie, little disappointing. I'm going to pick two other Netflix movies that I watched that were also disappointing around the same era. (laughs) (laughs) The first one, of course, because the trilogy just concluded. The third one just came out. But I'll pick the original Kissing Booth, which also came out, I think, in 2019. might have been 2018. But feels so antiquated in its tropes and everything that it's about. Not a real recommendation, but again, I feel like they belong together. And the other one was a movie I actually had high hopes for, but then had the same concerns, essentially. And that was a film called Sierra Burgess as a Loser. Oh, yeah. And it was about like a, it's, what was her name from Stranger Things? Yeah, it was the justice for her. Bar- Barb, yeah, the one who plays Barb in Stranger Things. Sharon Purser is her name. Noah Centennial is in that as well. We know him, of course, from Two All the Boys series. And this was right after Two All the Boys and everyone thought, oh my God, this movie looks great. And it just, maybe I'll give it another watch, but it just was not that great. And it had similar problematic things that you're like, oh, come on, it's... 2019, please don't do that. Um, So my trifecta is negative, but I hope yours are more positive because I don't want to be the downer here. Jane, do you have movies to suggest? Yeah, I I think I would do now and then because like I, you know, just wanted more of the like the friendship piece of it. And yeah, how does this play out across your lives? And how does this thing that happened then uh, shape like how you relate to each other later? Because I think that 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 would change and then I think like she's all that like if like that if it's the same so it's the same story they just did it better 20 years ago 25 whatever years ago yeah no those are two great ones you mentioning that makes me want to revisit now and then because it has been a minute since I watched that um but I've watched it many times in my youth right I was a such a big Christina Ricci fan I wanted to be her and I like wish my forehead was taller yes and I wanted to wear like what she wore and there was a whole conversation with my mom about how we were not the same body type (laughs) so my slumber party movies would be the one the title I don't remember but the one Brian you mentioned that um Dunkelman is in big time adolescence big time adolescence because I haven't seen it and I do think he's really charming and charismatic and I would like to see him in something where I didn't wasn't so annoyed by him so I would pick that one and then yeah I think something like I was on the same uh, wavelength as you Jane something that emphasizes the friendship rather than kind of the relationships of it all so I'm not going to steal now and then but I mean, can I can my fallback always be Perks of Being a Wallflower just because I love it so much? It seems to be, so we must It seems well. to be. I'm so sorry. It's my, <laughs> if, if you're playing the drinking game at home, um, <laughs> take a drink because I reference Perks Being a Wallflower. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> oh my goodness. This was so much fun. Thank you so much for joining us, Jane. Do you have an an online social media presence that you want people to find you on to tell you how much they loved your um, 
contribution tonight or would you rather stay online anonymous? I'm just really off grid these days. Love yeah. it. It's the way to be. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for sharing your opinions on the movie and your research with us. Um, so much fun to talk to you about Tall Girl. Thank you so much, Jane. Well, Aislinn, it was so great having uh, your friend Jane on. I mean, I think it added such a great, I don't know, uh, awesome direction for that conversation to go because it was a movie that, I don't want to call it shallow, but there wasn't. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was shallow. It didn't, um, it was a little bit empty calorie, right? I mean, I, I'll be the first to say, I love a donut from time to time, but like, you don't feel like you've had a meal after you've had a donut. So I often pair my, like some scrambled eggs maybe with a donut. So I, I think um, Dr. Jane really gave us the protein we needed with the empty calories that was Tall Girl. Perfect way to put it. Can't wait to do another AP episode soon. Can't wait to have another guest, hopefully um, in, in the coming weeks. But you know, Aislinn, as always, this is a pleasure. Anything you want to plug? Of course, you have an, another show, other shows, and, you know, well, Instagram Watch is still there. I haven't I haven't seen your Instagram, so I'm assuming it doesn't exist, but anything you want to tell the slumberers out there? Um, I would say thank you so much for um, joining us and listening. If you're um, interested in a different set of discussions that I have um, with my brother, over on The Contenders. Um, we talk about movies made by and starring women who refuse to play by the rules. And that's that's a fun one. We have um, a couple of good episodes coming up. Summer always shakes up our um, schedule a little bit, but we definitely have um, some fun things coming. And it just also gives you time to go back to the back catalog and see what, what you missed or what you wanna listen to again. For sure. Awesome show. And also your other show was featured on the Cage Club Podcast Network recently as a, uh, what do they call this segment on the side? Cracking Open the Vault? Oh, it's interesting, right? Because I pitched, why aren't we all dot, dot, dot to um, Joey, the Cage Club godfather in 2017, 2018, before, you know, the, the things were tough out there. Absolutely but not at all compared to what they have been the last year and a half. And so I do think if you like me are in your, I don't know, fifth round of pandemic fatigue and ennui, which I am, I feel like I'm having some of the same discussions, some of the same feelings and reactions I had in like May of 2020 all over again, then feel welcome to check out Why Aren't We All, um, where we talk to a few different people that have something, a practice, a lifestyle, a skill that they feel makes their world a better place and could make the world a better place, um, ranging all the way from um, veganism and preventative medicine to beer and bridge. So hoping something for everyone. Yeah, I mean, that, it's, it's quite a range of a show and, and it, it's awesome. So I saw that in the corner. I'm like, why aren't we all? Um, why aren't we all playing bridge, drinking beer <laughs> and um, eating vegan? I don't know, because I love cheese. That's why. Well, uh, what's your Twitter again? Sassy Nerd? At Sassy Nerd MT. Yes, I mean, I just type your name and it, it appears there. But, but and yeah. I am in MT, Montana, right now. So feels nice. appropriate. Representing Montana. We have to find a Montana high school film so we can really get into your, your uh, 
upbringing. Absolutely. I would love to find um, something that, um, you know, uh, raises up marginalized folks. And, um, you know, there's a couple of really good, you know, reservation things that I feel like would be a good, a good thing to um, point out. Awesome. Well, once again, always a pleasure. This, this was like doubly the AP episode with two doctors on here. So thank you once again. And uh, talk to you soon, Iceland. Sounds good. Would you believe me now If I told you I got caught up in a wave Almost gave it away Would you hear me out If I told you I was terrified for days Thought I was gonna break Oh, I couldn't stop it Tried to slow it all down on by Maggie Rogers and of course earlier in the episode it was karaoke by Big Frida and Lizzo both great songs off the Tall Girl soundtrack Brian Rodriguez here just wanted to let you know of a couple things before we get out of here first of all apologize for the late delivery of the episode Labor Day hit me hard I kind of you know got a little too busy with family stuff not complaining family comes before podcasts but <laughs> happy to get this episode out it was awesome having jane and Iceland's always here on ap episodes you'll hear from her again very soon i promise you that hope you enjoyed your labor day as much as i did traditionally in the united states it marks the end of summer but here in high school slumber party we're gonna lift the sun up and hoist it into the highest point in the sky and allow summer to exist for one more day. This Friday, Kyle and I close our summer on San Emilio Island. That's Colin Reinford, of course, the foodie films man. We're talking a film called Big Wednesday. Big Wednesday, the day you face your own biggest challenge. The day you risk it all. The day you either distinguish yourself or fade into the crowd. It'll come again. It'll be a swell so big and strong it'll wipe clean everything that went before it. That's the day this board will be written. And that's when Matt and Jack and Leroy, they could distinguish themselves. It was their time. They were the kings. I can't read it. I can't read it. Yeah, sit down. Sharing the great adventure of being young together. Jan Michael Vincent is Matt Johnson, a reluctant hero to a generation that would forget him. Billy Cat is Jack. He was the first to accept responsibility. Gary Busey is Leroy, the masochist, a careful student of the art of being reckless. Big Wednesday, the story of a generation, of every generation, growing up, leaving home, changing. Some marry. Some die. Some search for a new spot. It's going to be like nothing anybody has ever seen. Are Jack and Leroy going to be here tomorrow? Are they going to be here? I never got a hold of those guys, Bear. They're not coming tomorrow. 
There's nobody coming tomorrow. It isn't just us. There's nobody else left but us. There's nobody left to pass anything on to. But the three friends will meet again on that special day they waited a decade to face. the moment of truth. Now is the time of decision. And for Matt, Jack, and Leroy, Judgment Day is here. Big Wednesday. So that's your unofficial homework to watch Big Wednesday. Listen for the episode on Friday wherever you get your podcast, And, of course, at cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. And one more thing, guys. Life moves pretty fast. And if you don't stop, look around once in a while. You could miss it. Later, dudes.